Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're talking about some recent shakeups in the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, backend with James Gunn and feedback. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, it has been way too long. It's been two weeks since I've talked to you. I know, man. How are just, you? I've been, I've been wallowing, you know, in in yeah. my my shittiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's stop doing that <laughs> for your own. Nah, sake. it's okay. No, um, no. Well, man, it's it's been a crazy couple weeks. I really wanted to get on. We tried to get on the like the day this all happened, but we didn't get to. And now we're like two weeks late in really discussing this. But I think the main thing we need to discuss, we're going to do a a little bit of news talk and then we're going to do some feedback. But uh, James Gunn has been fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. At least for now. huge. Yeah. Um, That it's really huge. Um, Tell me your thoughts. Well, uh, see, I'm going to get... It's a bit of a minefield. I know. Let's let's go ahead and say that up top. We're not... This whole thing is a bit of a minefield. Uh, it, it like follows politics. It follows some real triggering type things. Um, but we're going to dive in and say, I have a pretty strong opinion. I don't know about you. <laughs> I want to go ahead and preface my opinion with, I do not condone, or rather, I do not, I, I do not support anything that was said in his prior tweets. However... That being said, those tweets are from forever ago. And my opinion on that is that he has grown as a person. And whenever this first came up, because this first came up several years ago, with somebody, you know, digging in, digging into this and saying, hey, James Gunn's not a nice guy. Look at these tweets. And he put out a public apology for it then. And then that was it. He put out a public apology, said, you know, I, I realize that I'm a shit stirrer. Basically, he he's a button pusher, and yep. he's still a button pusher politically, but he doesn't just say random shit to say random shit anymore, from the look of it. And yeah. like, people grow, people people grow up, for that matter, and I feel like he has grown up, and you know he put out the public apology then he put out the public apology now. And he's doing the very mature thing at this point, even with with Disney severing their ties and just immediately cutting everything away from him. He's doing the mature thing, saying, okay, yeah, I mean, that's your decision. And he's not flipping out about it. If he, w- if he had not grown up, if he had continued being a shitster, he would still, he would be on Twitter right now, right the second, tweeting about how shitty a thing Disney has done. But instead, everybody else is doing that for him. Right. Um, I'm going to go a step further, even. Okay. I'm going to say I condone about 70% of what's in those tweets. <laughs> huh? Here's the thing. If you look at those fucking tweets, and I'm sorry, I'm cursing. It's early in the show. We normally save the cursing for the end. If you, <laughs> if you look at those tweets, there's about three really objectionable tweets. And there's about 12 that look objectionable because they're next to... A bad tweet. Like, right. some of them are not even anything bad. He, there's one in there about, this. he says, and yeah, when you put it next to a pedophile tweet, this sounds like a bad tweet. But right. 
There's one that says this shower feels this shower has no pressure. It feels like a three year old's peeing on me. That is not a pedophile joke. That is a joke about how low pressure the shower is. And yes, when you put that next to a pedophile tweet, it looks bad. It looks like another pedophile tweet. That joke has nothing to do with pedophilia, not even in a joking manner. So, like, if you read these tweets separately, everyone, there's about three or four that are kind of, like, like I, I, yeah, he needs to apologize. Those are bad tweets. I don't condone those tweets. All this stuff that people are saying. But this guy scrubbed his Twitter and found things that aren't even bad, and he just built this image that looks like look at all these tweets together look how bad james gunn is and look how much he talks about pedophilia and there's like three tweets in there where he talks about pedophilia and it's not like he's (laughs) so there's this whole there's this whole um conspiracy theory about hollywood and pedophilia and how all of hollywood is a bunch of pedophiles uh and and this is like this is like actual conspiracy theory, Alex Jones, blah, blah, blah stuff. Uh, and people, it's the things that he said on his Twitter are not like he was making jokes about secrets, Twitter, Twitter things like, or like, he's not like hiding that he made a bad joke. Like this is a really bad joke and this is a bad tweet and he should have never tweeted this. He says something about how he's never felt like him true self until now that he's gone to a, 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 a national man boy love meeting or whatever. Like, and he's obviously just saying something that's outlandish. He's basically calling himself a pedophile in those tweets. There's a few tweets where he just calls straight up, just says he's a pedophile and that's like that's not what a pedophile would do on Twitter. Like he's not a pedophile. He's making a really bad joke. Um, yeah. So like to like, stir shit up. There's a few really bad jokes, and I just think most of it is just really bad jokes and bad taste. And then a bunch of things that aren't even bad, except they're next to those jokes. Like yes, they're varying levels of offensive, and if you're very sensitive, they might be very offensive. Sure, maybe you find it very offensive that he mentioned a three-year-old peeing, but I don't think most people would take that tweet from any other, like, celebrity. Like next to any other tweet, that that tweet looks does not look like a bad tweet. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I, I, the one that says "Eagle snatches kid" is what I like to call it when I get lucky. Yeah, and and that's like, that's a that's a bad tweet. That's another that's another that's one of the ones that's bad. Honestly, not a great one. That's not it's a great, not a great tweet. one. But there's like <laughs> but like I said in that list of like twelve or thirteen tweets that was posted. There's like three or four that are like, ooh, you should not have posted that. And then there's like ten more that just like conveniently look bad. Um, and I just I just think the whole thing is. I first of all, Disney <laughs> Disney knew about it when they hired him. They should not fire him for something they knew about when they hired him. It's just yeah. like intellectually dishonest. It's like, oh, we, oh, woe is me. We're so offended. No, you're not. You're scared of the backlash. Stick with your guns. Like, you, you knew about this. You knew who you were hiring. There are more offensive things in the movies James Gunn has made. Like, th- these are his personal tweets. He has made professional movies that obviously Disney people watched. He worked for Trauma before he worked for Disney. Trauma is like a, like a, B-movie factory of offensive movies. Like, that's the whole thing about trauma. And, like, when he tweeted these things, he was working for a very different kind of company, very much for adults. And, and like, he wasn't... And now they're saying, oh, someone who tweets these things should not be working on a movie for kids. 
He wasn't. He was in a. He was. He was an adult making very rated R movies for adults and making jokes that were sort of in bad taste. But in that culture, they weren't. A, they weren't nearly as objectionable. Um, and I just. It's just intellectually dishonest to act like Disney didn't know any of these things existed. Um, it's pretty dumb that he didn't delete them a long time ago. <laughs> um, but I understand the impulse. Like I. I don't. I'm not a big scrubber of the internet. If I said something offensive a while ago, I'd probably take it down. But like, sometimes I'm like, "Ooh, that's a picture with an ex-girlfriend. Should I take that down?" And I feel like I'm like removing the past when I do that. You know, like, I'm like ah, the, <laughs> yeah. th- that happened. I'm not gonna try to like delete my history. It's fine. That all exists. Like that's kind of how I feel about things. Um, although there have been times I've done that too. So so I don't know. I understand the impulse either way to, to just like, well, that's who I was. I'm gonna leave it up. This is. The, the, but but I don't know. It's just I just think Disney is absolutely wrong for firing him. Like I I I, I under I don't I don't just just tell everyone he's a different man now. We forgave him. Watch any of our movies; they're almost all about someone making mistakes and then changing who they are and doing better and finding forgiveness. Like that's the whole like that's the story arc. That is the like arc of humanity and like the. The basic story structure is someone makes mistakes, finds finds a way to be be a better person, and like at the end you forgive them for their mistakes. Like that's the that's just uh, I, a la Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy, Aladdin. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I, you know, I was just thinking about other Disney movies. Yeah, like. It's just, it's just, I, I find the whole thing to be bullshit. Like, I understand it as a business decision, but as a human decision, it was bullshit. And Disney honestly pissed me off to the point. And like, I'm, this is two weeks later. I, I've, I've probably more bold saying it now because I'm more sure. Because at the moment, I felt this way, but I wasn't sure I wanted to get on the cast and talk about it this way because so many people, <laughs> everyone I heard talking about it in the news was like. James, I understand what Disney had to do because James Gunn had some really bad tweets. And I'm reading these tweets and I'm like, these just, yes, there's a couple bad jokes in here. This is like just bad jokes. This is not, and yes, it, it can definitely be triggering to people that are sensitive to those topics, but that was kind of his point in doing them. Um, I just, you just, I don't know. He's not a comedian. He's a director. He's a good director and he's a bad comedian. <laughs> like that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Here's one. That when taken in context with the rest of these is uh, bad and it's just not great just right. by itself, but it's not terrible right. by itself. This is photo shoot with Emily, Stevie Sparkle, and Melissa Pizza trying to maintain a semi chub so that I'll look impressive in these photos. Yeah, again, like by itself, that is a that is a that is a quote about a man feeling self-conscious about his penis size, which is not like a great thing to write. In, 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 uh, but it's not. It's not a predator thing to write. It's like I guess you could say he's talking about his penis at work, but he's it's also, also not unrelatable. Yes, it's absolutely fine. Like I just don't. There's nothing wrong with that tweet. That tweet is funny. Me and my girlfriend were reading these tweets, and like there were a few we were going, "Ew, that's rough," and then most of them were going, "Yeah, that's pretty funny." Um, like that's that's kind of a funny <laughs> joke. Uh, it's just these these tweets are just not that bad, and I don't really feel like reading them all because they just 
Because they do. They pile up and they feel like a pile of bad things. But the truth is, if you look at them, this is over the course of probably a few years of tweets. 2009 to 2012. Exactly. Three years of tweets. And it's like, if you take them all as one big thing, yeah, they look kind of rough. But if you if you spread them out, month, uh, one, one was written in a different month than the other one. They're just not that bad. That's my thoughts. I feel very strongly about it. Disney should rehire James Gunn. And the cast feels the same way. I Like, it makes me... I don't know that I want to see a, a, a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 if they take James Gunn off of it. And and you know how Guardians is my favorite one. They're like, yeah. they could kill my love for the MCU, maybe. <laughs> if they make a bad Guardians movie because they are, uh, like, completely spineless um, and, and don't have forgiveness for people, then I, I'm... I don't know. Uh, that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, what if what if like Taika Waititi did it? I would not like that. I just saw, pe- saw people posting that Taika Waititi is wonderful at what he does, but he does not make the same kind of movies James Gunn makes. Okay, Taika Waititi is funny. That 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 movie we've talked about it in the past, but uh, Ragnarok is a hilarious movie. I don't really feel for any of the characters in it. Um, there is not a moment in that movie that made me weep. And there are multiple moments in both Guardians that make me weep. Uh, and I don't know that Taika Waititi has that. I don't know. He may. He may have it in him. But I have not. I have yet to see him be able to truly make an emotional scene land in my heart and live there forever. You know? Yeah. That, 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 that Ravager funeral scene is... And... and, 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 and <laughs> It's because, and, and the reason it's so resonant, the Ravager funeral scene, the reason it is so resonant is because that movie is about a guy who is, as you said, a shit stirrer and likes to push people's buttons and push them away. And it's about finding forgiveness in that and finding love beyond that and growing as a, as a being. And that is like the reason that's so emotionally resonant is because James Gunn understands that. Like James Gunn is Rocket in that moment, like yeah. that's a that that is James Gunn writing about himself, and it and you can feel him writing about himself. Taika Waititi, while I love Ragnarok, is writing good goofy stuff. What now? Goofy stuff. Well, he's writing good, basic story structure fiction with lots of really good jokes. And so it's fun, you feel driven through the plot, and you laugh a lot. And that's a great experience. But, like, that Rocket scene, like, I'm about to cry now talking about Rocket. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I think of Rocket as such a, uh, it's so funny that Rocket is the emotional core of these movies for me. But also, all the music stuff with his mother. Um, yeah. There's just so many things in this in those movies that, like, bring me to tears and they're because they're very human and James Gunn is a human figure. He is a human being who's made mistakes and has experienced forgiveness. He's experienced loss. He's experienced being a dummy. He's experienced these things and all these things inform his art. He's an artist. No one's perfect. If you're trying to find perfect people, you're not going to find good directors and good artists. Um, everyone's made mistakes and, Disney makes a lot of movies about that, and they should learn from their movies. Um, 
So I'm looking at the waveform for the last 10 minutes, and I've just been rambling, and you've said like four words. So I'm I, sorry. I, I know it's my fault. So I, I was <laughs> that was an apology. Uh, <laughs> I just feel, I feel very strongly about this. And I know I'm maybe offending people who were triggered by those tweets and don't think that any of those tweets were okay. And I do, I do reiterate, I think there's about four of them that are like not good I'd go tweets. higher than four. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. It was like 15 total tweets that were that were brought up in the picture that I saw. Right. And um, probably like seven or eight of them were like, not great. Really, really bad. Yeah, I, I'd, have to, I'd have to relook at the list. But I, I just remember thinking it was about four of them. Okay, so we just took a little pause and we went over the entire list of tweets. And I, yeah, Jeff's, me and Jeff, somewhere in between me and Jeff, I think, is where I fell. Uh, there are about three or four bad tweets that are just like straight up him saying he's a pedophile, which is not probably what a pedophile would do on Twitter. Um, it's their, their sarcasm, I'm pretty certain. Um, and then, and they're also everyone that he's doing. Pedophile, pedophile references are retweets or like references to tweets that are not included in this list. So I don't know what he's responding to. Not that that's a good response to anything, but uh, I definitely think there's more to those stories. And then hey, half come of them, on, Matt, you're just taking it out of context. Uh, what now? So come on, Matt, you're just taking it out of context. I am, or they are. Uh, that's that's the the argument. It's not a good argument because, like, even taken out of context, they're not great. But still, you don't know the context, so it's hard to make an informed decision about those specific yeah, ones. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't know the context is all I'm saying. And there's probably some sort of context. But either way, it's bad. It's probably bad. Those are probably bad tweets. Um, <laughs> the other, So there's about four that are that way, and then there's two that say the word tranny, um, which, you know, is, is definitely... A, uh, a a bad word in today's society. Uh, about 10 years ago, it was not nearly as frowned upon. I'm not saying it wasn't as bad, but it wasn't as frowned upon. Um, so, you know, take that for what you will. I'm sure he has evolved on that subject since he, I'm sure he's learned. That's just a learning thing. That's not, to me, that's not like, because he used that word and that concept is not necessarily bad. It's just that he, uh, uh, wasn't informed on the use of the word tranny yet in his history. I'm sure he doesn't use that word anymore. In yeah, that, man, in we, that we've all been in middle school before. You used the word tranny in middle school? I don't think I under, at all knew what it, what that meant in middle school. I didn't either. <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I even knew the word. Um, I think I vaguely remember hearing that word for the time being like, what does that mean? I have no idea. I'm, I'm in college. Um <laughs> For the sake of the story, for the sake of what we're talking about, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, so I agree. There's there's bad tweets in there for sure, and you can definitely disagree on the number of bad tweets versus good tweets. But there's definitely, I would say, at least a solid half that have nothing to do with uh, really anything bad, and definitely not pedophilia. Um, it's just a, they just couched a bunch of things together that make every one of the things look worse. Um. And it just pisses me off. <laughs> just pisses me off. I could feel your stewing from from Florida. I could feel your stewing for several days. I was like, Matt's going to want to talk about this. Yeah, I, I, I am going to want to talk about that. Um, and and I, like, I had the immediate reaction of like, 
oh man, I don't want to lose James Gunn. And then I looked into the tweets and I was like, there and, and and like the fact that they knew and and the fact that it was just some political somebody who disagreed with him politically who basically just like did a character assassination on him. Yep. Um. People are kind of the makeup of their goods and bads that they do, and like he's done a lot of good, not just in art, but he's also very active um, with charities and uh, like working with people that are, uh, you know, outliers in society and trying to help people. And his whole we <laughs> when I when I saw him, um, when I met him, uh, he was doing this whole. He was just like basically begging everyone to give it to charity, and and I just I respected that he's trying to take his. It was right after Guardians came out. I got to see him in um, Atlanta, and he was just all about trying to get people to give to charity. And I and I just I just I, you could tell that. And every time they every time someone did, they'd yell, "We are Groot." Um, and it was just he he just has a positive message. Um, and whether he's made bad jokes in the past should not discount him as a human being. Or as an artist. And if Disney doesn't want good artists in their camp, I don't know that I want to be around Disney. I'm kind of pissed off at them. So re- <laughs> rehire them. Uh, we're giving you guys a lot of free press every week. <laughs> rehire them. I'm just joining a lot of other people, including the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, and saying, like, I don't know if I want to deal with you guys if you can't rehire James Gunn, honestly. Yeah, dude, Dave Bautista has been very vocal on Twitter and other social media platforms. Yeah, I mean, they all came out with that open letter signed by the whole cast. And I I think, uh, I'm so glad they did that. Yeah. Um, Who was it? It was uh, Michael Rooker. Rooker completely quit Twitter. Yeah, a lot of people quit Twitter in solidarity with him. Yeah. Um, and and those are guys who came from much rougher, uh, rougher and more non PC worlds. You know, uh, both of them came from sort of the horror and like adult adult not not porn but adult film world, and the, their movies are not G rated or even PG thirteen rated. Um, and I'm sure <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of history with Rooker. Probably has a lot of bad history on his Twitter too. I just think the whole thing is bonkers, and Disney needs to step up and hire him back. That's all I'm saying. And I'll stop ranting. I apologize. It was I knew it was going to be a rant. That's why we did a whole episode where we basically are going to talk about that mostly. Because <laughs> I, I had for the first pl- half hour, I had plenty to say. Yep. Anything else you want to say about it? Uh, not about that. No. All right. Well, any other news we want to talk about? Uh, the announcement has come through for Iron Fist Season 2. Yeah, really soon. Iron Fist Season 2 is coming out September 7th. Yeah. Which, uh, as of time of recording, is five weeks from tomorrow. Wow. I can't believe that. crazy. We just freaking did Luke Cage like two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) that was about a month ago. And and now it's time. It's already time for the next. That's, that's insane. Yeah. You know, um, it's... A lot of people have been saying, like, hey, where's our Luke Cage Season 3 announcement? Because, you know, like, two weeks after Jessica Jones Season 2, they announced Season 3. Or, like, it wasn't long after the the most recent season dropped and was doing amazing that they announced the next season for a couple of rounds now. But um, there's been no announcement yet of uh, Luke Cage Season 3. What I think is going to happen, and... 
this may be just fan in me wanting this to happen right. too much, but I think what they're going to do is make spinoff series of these, um, specifically a Daughters of the Dragon and a Heroes for Hire. Sweet. I think mostly because a lot of like if you look at the at the Luke Cage season two series and the Defenders, some of the best parts of the Defenders were the interactions between those those two heroes and like all of the heroes especially. Um, but Luke Cage and Danny together is just gold, yeah. just straight up gold. It's definitely better than Danny by himself. <laughs> you might say that, yeah. I think um, that's true. Yeah, that would be pretty great if we got a. We got a Heroes for Hire series. That'd be pretty great. But I hate, I'd hate yeah. for them to like lose a Luke Cage series. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, in a minute, we're talking about some Luke Cage stuff. Be, be prepared for spoilers, because we talk about some Luke Cage stuff. This is Matt breaking in, and now, here, back to your regularly scheduled show. <laughs> I don't know, man. It uh, It might be interesting to see kind of how Luke progresses doing this heroes for hire thing. Uh, you know, Danny being the, the voice of reason being like, I don't know, man, maybe being a crime boss is not like the best thing for you. I still just don't get how he's a crime boss. I, the, the whole thing, I if it just feels like a false, like, I feel like you're going to have like one or two episodes of him being tempted and then he's, he's gone. I just don't know if they have the, um, cojones to make him like really, <laughs> Really you ain't got the balls. I don't know. I don't know that they do, and I, I would hope that they would, but I just don't know that they do. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I just think like that's a that's a lot. I feel like they're making promises that the show has not yet shown us that they're going to keep. But I, I could be wrong. Yep. It just seems like oh, we're being promised a villain Luke Cage almost like a really walking the edge, Breaking Bad sort of. Is he gonna? Is he gonna cross that line, Luke Cage? And sure, he did a few things that made that maybe conceivable. But like, it made it, this season. He did some. He crossed some lines. But it was all like in in for the for the nature of for like for the good of people. And he still didn't cross like the big lines. He's not crossed the, any Punisher lines, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The, we we have heroes that have done worse, and we still think of them as heroes. And for him to be like, oh, I'm going to be a crime boss now. Like, Are you? I don't know if I think you're going to be a crime boss yet. I think you're gonna you're gonna have a few episodes of being tempted, and then you're going to realize you need to be back. You need to be back out of this club. It's too tempting here. <laughs> I um I don't think he actually ever said that he was going to be a crime boss. He just said that he's going to control the crime. Yeah, and exactly. That's exactly right. But then that guy kicked him out of the shop as if he was a crime boss. It didn't make any sense. Well, he's he was saying if you're going to be the boss of crime, then that means you're going to be a crime boss. Yeah, that's dumb. And I, I said all along, it was just dumb. I didn't see why he got kicked out. I think why they made it a thing that he like couldn't be in the couldn't be in the barbershop anymore. It just was all weird. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, well. <laughs> back back, back well, to our regular scheduled uh, ranting. <laughs> yeah, so Iron Fist Season 2 is coming up September 7th. Uh, we need to figure out our scheduling on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely... Uh, I really liked that we were able to get one episode out every every day for Luke Cage. So I really would like to pull that off again. We, we've tried it, I think, every time, and we've gotten close, but we actually pulled it off for Luke Cage. Um, <laughs> yep. So let's try to do that again. I liked it. 
Uh, it should be a little bit easier this time around because Iron Fist Season 2 has been dropped to 10 episodes, confirmed for being 10 episodes instead of 13. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, I fear that that might mean they're dropping other ones to 10 because I don't want them to drop like Pun- uh, Punisher or Daredevil to 10. But I'm pretty glad that that one's 10. <laughs> Maybe they're wrapping it up. Maybe they're doing their like final season. <laughs> Now, I think they're going to be dropping everybody to to ten. Just yeah. it's the stories get a little too long winded. I like, they start to lose a little bit of steam around episode nine or ten, and you're like, "Come on, man, just get over there, just get over there to the end." I don't Do the fully thing. disagree with that. I think there have definitely been episodes where it's like, "Uh, this could this episode could disappear, and I'd be fine." <laughs> um, but I don't think I'd miss this one. I just the more. Uh, Daredevil and Punisher and Jessica Jones, I get. Uh, I like them a lot. Uh, yeah, and, the, and, Luke, uh, and Luke. It's really just the one that I don't like. Oh, and also, uh, supposedly we're supposed to be getting um, uh, Daredevil Season 3 later this year. Oh, wow. This year. So they're yep, going to do three this shows year. this year. They've done two up till now. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's exciting. Let's see. Where was that article? Ah, I can't seem to find that article, but uh, it seemed to confirm that Daredevil Season 3 is going to be later this year. Um, and that makes sense, though, with uh, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not coming back until summer of next year. Or at least late late in the season next year. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, because, you know, you got to fill the space with something, right? Absolutely. Why not Why not Daredevil? They should. And, and dropping them to 10 episodes per season might give them the ability, because you're not doing that many more episodes a year. If, you're, if you do 30 in a year instead of 26 or whatever, like, that's really not too bad. Yeah, it's not that terrible. And you get a higher, or, yeah, you get a higher release um, rate for particular fandoms and people like sure. <sighs> when you when people keep coming back to the thing that's when they want it more you know yeah it, like let's get addicted to marvel netflix yeah let's do it <laughs> i'm down so you know they they just keep pumping them out and we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep going sitting on the on the freaking couch or in the office chair or whatever for 10 hours at a time i'm down with it man yeah anyway it's i mean it's a lot harder to uh to to commit to that than it is you know watching three Marvel movies a year, but then again those are harder to make. Yes, yes it is. Yes they are. Well that's that's exciting. I think that's probably exciting all around. I think ten episodes is probably a good call. And man, the Daredevil's coming out this year. That's huge. Huge, huge, huge. So yeah, it is. Any other big? Uh, we we know that uh, Fox or Comcast oh, yeah. backed off. Comcast retracted their bid for the Fox properties. That's pretty so great. So left it wide open for Disney. And then the Fox stakeholders, the shareholders, have approved the acquisition. So at this point, all it needs is government approval, and we're set to go. That is awesome. Yep. And then all of everything can come back. Everything can come back to the MCU where it belongs. We can get, we can get Deadpool interacting with the Avengers. 
We can get the Fantastic Four. Like, I want to see Reed Richards having a Brainiac showdown with Hank Pym and Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Like, that's that's what I need in life. Me too. I would love that. It would really be really great to see all these things cross over. I really would like to see them do a little more connectivity for us because we've been we've been committed here. Been watching all this. We want to see we want to <laughs> see this this stuff come to fruition. I mean, that's. You see, when you saw Avengers happen, it was that moment of like, oh my gosh, they're doing it. They're putting it all together. And, you know, then <laughs> it's happening. It's really happening. They've been not so connected after, uh, you know, with the TV shows. And I, and I just think that we would, we would just love that moment. Even if they gave us a movie that was like very specific to like, hey, this one's going to be really for the TV fans, you know, like, like instead of calling it Avengers, call it something else. And it's just like a, like a movie that includes a lot of the TV heroes and maybe isn't as essential to the overall plot uh, as an Avengers movie might be. Uh, that'd be kind of fun for us. Do something for us. Come on. There's a lot of us out here watching all these movies and TV shows. Yeah. I mean, there was a, uh, there was a Civil War tie-in comic that was called Front Lines, I think, that okay. was um, told from the perspective of Ben Urich on the street. Oh, neat. And um, I think something movie similar to that, like, you know, Marvel Frontlines or whatever, where you've got all these street-level people, um, you know, you could even do it as like a series of shorts, sort of like, um, uh, sort of like Pulp Fiction, huh. where it was just a bunch of small stories that all kind of wove together yeah, know, over sure. this certain thing. Or even if you it did... It could be like that. If you did... Um, even if you just literally did one shots, but included some of the other characters, that'd be super fun. Yeah. I like, I need, I need Mac and, uh, Luke Cage to stand like face to face with each other. Just showing like, I'm bigger. No, I'm bigger. No, I can flex harder. (laughs) Just like both of them sitting there with crossed arms staring at each other. I'm sorry, Mac, you might be able to flex harder, but, uh, you ain't got that, uh, impenetrable skin. Yeah, but he's got a shotgun axe. That's true. It's a valid point. And we have seen we have seen uh, Luke taken down by a shotgun before. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, what if? Follow me on this one. We had Mac when he was the the writer, like when he had the writer spirit. Mac with the writer spirit Ooh, versus Luke Cage. That would be an interesting battle. Definitely. I need that battle. Add that to our list of uh, of throwdowns we want to see that we've had a few yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, throwdowns we want to see. Yes. Not just Ghost Rider, Ghost but Rider. Mac as Ghost Mac Rider. Mac as Ghost Rider. Yeah. That was so yeah. fun. Yeah. Ooh. Mm, that's a good one. Anyway, do we want to get into uh, a little bit of feedback? Yeah. Let's dive into some feedback, my friend. Okay. Let's see. Uh, We got Adam sending us what looks like an email. I recently found you guys, and I like listening to you while Pixel Art on my phone, and yet I've never seen an MCU movie, but I have seen tons of clips, so I guess I have a basic understanding of the movies. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you. (laughs) You don't know shit. (laughs) Thanks for writing in, Adam. That is super flattering uh, (laughs) that we're the part of the MCU that you've decided to delve into. (laughs) Yes, thank you for that. that's, That's pretty nice. But you need to go see the movies, yeah, man. man. Like, you're missing so much good stuff. It's some pretty good stuff. Pretty great stuff. I highly recommend. 
<sighs> as as evidenced by the hundreds of episodes of this podcast, I highly recommend the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I've only done about three hundred or so episodes. Yeah. Sorry, William Austin. You know, this is back in May, but we're just now getting around to it. Uh, he says, at MCU cast, listening to the most recent cast from back then, Matt says, all my favorite shows get canceled. And Jeff and I said in unison, Firefly. <laughs> crying love, face, crying laughing. I love that uh, when, I'm, when I'm listening to a podcast and just say things exactly with the hosts. So yep. that's fun. That's fun, William. Thanks for writing that in. Uh, yeah, we haven't done any general feedback in a while because we've been doing so many shows. And so we had some of these general feedbacks from a long time ago kind of stacked up here. So that's, it's good that we're doing a little uh, news episode today because we haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Yep. We're uh, tearing through these now. All right. 084 said, can I weigh in on the throwdowns? Yes, Scarlet you Witch, <laughs> Scarlet Witch versus Doctor Strange because duh. You know, I had that on my list at one point and I didn't do it. I just couldn't think of a like compelling reason. It just seemed to make sense. Like I, I'm, I'm with 084 here that that seems to make sense, but I couldn't think of like when I was when I was doing my second level of like why why would I pitch that? I was like I couldn't think of like sure they both are magicy, but I think their powers are both so ill defined in the in the MCU right now that I don't know what that would look like at all. Which I guess would be interesting to explore. Yeah, it would look amazing. It would look great, Scarlet Witch and Doctor <laughs> Strange for sure. They're both yeah. pretty, pretty people. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, if you if you take what happened in Infinity War with Doctor Strange, like, all of the things that he did against Thanos were just, like, that was incredible. And, like, if we got to see him do that versus Scarlet Witch, like, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Amazing! Mm. Anyway. Anyway, so that was the first one. Uh, next one is Ruby versus Sonara. I thought they were so similar that I had once predicted there was a solid connection between them that never came to be. They could fight over who hates Daisy more. Uh, but just like Elektra and Gamora, it would just be a pretty fight. And I want to see if those uh, if those shock rooms can cut through Sonara's balls. Who's Sonara? Sonara was the Kree in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5. Ruby and Sonara. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. I do. I think they remember someone mentioned it. Maybe he wrote in about that at the time. That's cool. Uh, let's see. And it looks like the last one that he puts in here is Quake versus Daredevil. Ooh. I definitely want to see how Matt's combat matches up to Daisy with all her May training. Uh, plus, she could basically take him out at any time she wants by vibrating everything around him and throwing off his senses. Bonus, there's a small chance they were friends at St. Agnes Orphanage. In Hell's Kitchen. You can pry my head cannon from my cold dead hands. <laughs> Love that. I like it. Pry my head cannon from my cold dead hands. <laughs> so let's see. Next up. <clears throat> Ken A. Mooney Jr. says, Hey guys, I just started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago. Went through almost every movie breakdown podcast. That's thank you. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to the party, as it were. Yeah. He says, I think it would be neat to talk about or break down the ever-changing psychology of the MCU heroes. I do not think they're given enough credit for how deep the characters get. For one, I find it interesting how both Tony and Cap respond to trauma. When Tony is hurled into space and crashes down on Earth during the alien invasion, he is traumatized. Remember, this is even before his vision in Age of Ultron. How does he respond? He builds up. 
more suits, more AI suits, a goal to put an, an iron body around Earth. Uh, Cap, on the other hand, through losing Bucky and Agent Carter, S.H.I.E.L.D. being a cover for Hydra, the Accords, etc., Cap, unlike Tony, who builds up, instead is stripped down. He loses his shield, his suit becomes darker, you can barely see the star on his suit, and the red and white stripes are almost a brown and gray. I would ignore the Nomad connect for Cap, uh, though it is cool, and really focus on how he and his look change based on traumatic events. Uh, you also have to wonder how their mental adjustments, rationale, uh, etc. affect their decision in making Civil War and later Infinity War. Just some thoughts. Have a good one. Yeah. I I definitely think all those discussions are very valid in having, and I think we've, I mean, a lot of what we do here is talk about those things, <laughs> how where 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 their, where their psychology is at different points, and especially around Civil War. I mean, those two characters, the way they moved apart and had to fight. I mean, it just it just I love I love the way they built those characters in a believable direction where you can see both of their set points of view and you know, fully understand what's, I don't know, fully understand it from both their, both their points of view. I think it's super interesting. Yep. Uh, do you think it might be pertinent to have a, uh, an episode where we just take the big six, the original six, and just kind of go over their, uh, their overall arc throughout the past decade? Yeah. I think it could be a lot of fun. Um, we or, might do or, that, or even, or even just like picking one at a time. We could really delve into like where, do, what, what, what have they really gone through? What's, what's their, what does their psychology look like, and why, why, and wh- how every yeah. every movie they're in is a response to their last movie. I think particularly with Captain America and Iron Man, there's a really strong thread with both of them. I think, especially with the new Ragnarok, I think that. Um, Thor is a little more all over the place. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and 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 the other three, Hulk, um, Hawkeye, and uh, Romanov. I think the three of them, because they're only in the Avengers movies as of late, it seems, or like the the team up movies. Um, yep, you just don't get we we haven't seen a lot of their psychology a little bit, but it seems like it had they don't have much they don't have they don't have much as much development. Not that they have none, but they don't have as much. All right, well, we could do the Marvel Trinity. Yeah, we absolutely could do that. And then, uh, you know, here in about 10 years or so, we can uh, we can talk about where Spider-Man has come. Yeah, and, and supposedly there might be a uh, Scarlet Witch movie in the works um, that Kevin Feige mentioned at something. I've seen multiple places say that, but I don't... I, I don't know. We, we haven't been following the news as tightly. We've been sticking more to the content, and so... I don't know uh, exactly what's going on there, but supposedly there's a Scarlet Witch. Not Scarlet Witch. Sorry, it's, it's, her name's Scarlet. It confuses me. Black Widow. Oh, Black Widow. Sorry. There's absolutely a Black Widow movie in the works. Yeah, there's a Black Widow movie in the works. That's what I was. They're searching to say. for a director right now. They had to pull through like 75 directors. Wow, that's crazy. Hey, we got a yep. voicemail here. Oh yeah. Yeah, you want to hear a voicemail? Sure. Hey guys, so I've been listening to your podcast uh, right after I binged. Season 5 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm about episode 1920 right now, driving in my car, listening to you guys. And uh, I keep thinking, oh, you poor, poor, innocent little people. You have no idea what's going on. So uh, thanks for the uh, keeping me company on this drive. Uh, I think he's talking, uh, he's talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the end of the season. And he's thinking about those people. Oh, poor, poor people. You have no idea what's going on. Um, yeah, that's cool. 
<laughs> I really wanted them to tie it in a little more. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm just so frustrated with the tie-ins. No Luke Cage tie into Infinity War. No Shield tie into Infinity War. Well, some small mentions, but no no real tie-in to the big to the snapture. And uh, and with Ant Man, it happened after the fact, which was cool, of course. But um, I just want more tie-ins, people. <laughs> Maybe we'll get the Luke Cage tie-in after, like in Iron Fist. Maybe if they do an Iron Fist that soon, maybe they'll still uh, squeeze that in. Oh, man, Heroes for Hire would be amazing if it was like they walk out the front door and there's just dust, ash everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, how good would it be if the Iron Fist happened in a post-Snapture world? Oh, that would be that would that would like for, I'd forgive all Iron Fist problems <laughs> uh, if they if they made the, that that season that interesting. Like you're basically in a post-apocalyptic landscape because half the population disappeared. Like that'd be so interesting. Even if they had to retcon it because the the new universe they create they have to create a new universe with the X Men or whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I can't wait for them to bring the X-Men in. I can't wait to see how they pull it off, because Feige has done such a good job leading this company into pulling off so many great things. And I grew up loving the X-Men, and I haven't really loved their treatment, for the most part, in the films. And I I really can't wait to see what he can do. Like, what, what what Marvel Studios can do with their own character. Yeah, yeah. And... By the same token, I really like am kind of unhappy, kind of extremely unhappy with uh, with Sony right now pushing Venom. And they're yeah. all like, "Oh yeah, Venom, Venom's a thing." It's like, no, Venom's not a thing without Spider Man. No, the most interesting part of Venom is his fucking hatred for Spider Man. Well, and it's just really, it just really disappoints me because we, we it seemed like we were going to get a unified universe of Marvel things. And now yeah. it's like you get all of Marvel except for the Spider-Man villains. Like, come on, Sony, don't try to be assholes. Right? Like, just, 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 just turn them over. Just let, just let, let it. Let Marvel you know make just the make movies. an agreement. Yeah, just let Marvel make the movies. Do the same agreement that you did with Spider-Man, and profit. Just let the, the let the cash flow in. It it's will just they make you money. They want their own movies they can make all the cash off of, and yeah. and it's selfish. It's, like they're I know like, no, their business. We can do this. We can do a good, compelling story. You can't just. They should have ham fisting Tom knows. Hardy in there doesn't make it good. Who yeah? Uh, who knows? Maybe they did do this, but they should at least go to Marvel and be like, "We're going to make this movie. We want to see a Venom movie made, and we want to profit off of it. We will do it with you guys, or we'll do it without you guys." Because I can't fault them. They own the character. They have the right. They're gonna make a movie out of it, but man, I just want to see. I, I I just want to see it all unified. It just it can be done better. The one universe, man. One universe, <laughs> man. Okay, so Spider-Man: Homecoming made eight hundred and eighty million dollars worldwide in its theatrical run. Yeah, that's really freaking good. I can't imagine Venom's gonna get anywhere near that. <sighs> Just from the trailers alone, like I don't it just hate looks the trailers. So bad. It looks pretty cheesy, though. It looks pretty cheesy. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't know. Disappointed. Disappointed. Sorry, I just had to go a little Hercules there, a little Kevin okay. Sorbo. That's okay. 
Matthew Wilder, Sinister Email. Hey guys, I know there's no big news from SDCC for Marvel, but I wanted to ask if you had any thoughts on a new director for Guardians 3. Taika Waititi uh, would be great, especially if Thor was involved, but who do you think would be a good choice to take up the mantle? Thanks, guys. Matt. The only other person I can think of that could handle that can handle the emotional complexity and the humor of of Guardians of the Galaxy. So the Russos. No. I think so. I don't think they've hit anything with the emotional complexity of Guardians. Uh, not the vulnerability. Like they, they they've dealt great with those characters. Uh they're not those movies aren't nearly as funny as Guardians has been and they're not near they don't they don't have any moments. Like there are moments where I'm like that is epic emotionally, but I still don't really cry. You know what I mean? Like there's a vulnerability of the Guardians. The Guardians are children in a way. And and the other heroes are kind of adults. And there's sort of this sort of emotional stuntedness about the Guardians that you kind of need. And I don't think the Russos have that. I really don't. That's, that's why I think they brought in James Gunn for, to kind of like look over those characters in the movies. Like, um, there's a certain amount of, I don't know, emotional connectedness and vulnerability and like, I don't know, uh, lack of adulthood to the Guardians that I just feel like needs some expressing. And I don't know that the Russos have that. Uh, but you know, I, I hear you. They're good. They're not. I love the Russos. I love what they do. But it's just so different. The only person I can think of who would be a, a pretty good replacement for James Gunn is Edgar Wright. Okay. Uh, I think Edgar Wright would be amazing. He has a very similar sensibility to James Gunn. Uh, very similar the way he uses music. Very similar the kind of humor he uses. Very similar. Uh, it can turn on a dime and be incredibly um, insightful and then turn on a dime, and be incredibly funny and be incredibly heartfelt. Like he does the same thing. They're, they're very similar directors they are both great directors. Unfortunately, I don't think he has a very good relationship with Marvel after he quit Ant-Man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or they did, they had the, the differences on Ant-Man and that it couldn't work together. So I doubt that that'll happen. It just makes me upset because both these these amazing directors uh, are either being fired or leaving Marvel for whatever reason. The two most are tour of the of the group, I guess. Damn it! I was I was gonna say maybe Joss Whedon, but he left. Yep, because he was he was being run ragged. Mm-hmm. Those are to me those are the three most are tour and. Most vision-filled directors. I think the Russos are amazing at executing a vision. Not to say they're not; they don't have vision themselves at all. But like to me, the Russos are great at putting a bunch of characters that you already have a really good sense of who they are. But that all of those characters were built in their own movies, and they very very little did the Russos have to do to create an aesthetic for for Civil War or Avengers three. Um, most of their aesthetic is just kind of carried over. And, like, James Gunn built an amazing world, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't think the Russos have that world building under their belt. I'm not saying they can't do it. They just haven't. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you on that. <laughs> just the difference yeah. between Cap 1 and Cap 2 was all in the Russos and the way that they built Cap's world. 
I I don't I don't really agree that there's that much difference. I, no, I'm not saying there's not a difference in the movies. I'm saying that I think all the elements existed. The idea of Shield and all of that kind of existed from the Iron Man movies and from Avengers. You had the Helicarrier. You had all that stuff was already kind of there. And they came in, and there's definitely some spin put on it. Not not at all saying they didn't do anything new and creative. That I love, like I said, I love the Rousseaus. I just think that they're really good at executing and less good at creating whole cloth new worlds. Um, but but that may be, and, and that comes from my idea of them comes kind of from their they come from the TV world where you, it's exactly that these 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 writers. And like executive producers and all this stuff come up with the world, including the sets. Like the sets exist, and then a director comes in and they're like, "All right, uh, put the camera there, do the thing. You say the line that's written." Like they direct it, but it's it's they're they're still executing a vision that's been done. I, I, that's just my view of them, and I may be wrong. They could stop doing Marvel stuff, or they could take over some other thing and do an amazing job. But uh, as of yet, I haven't seen them create worlds. And I haven't seen them be as funny or as heartfelt as in Guardians. Yeah, that's just my thoughts. But I, but yeah, we can argue about it all day. You, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't intend to change your mind. That's just my thought on it. That's that's understandable. It's fine. Uh, let's see what's next. Uh, we got Wobbly Boots eighty five hitting us up on Twitter. Here's a good theory for you. Uh oh, I love when these start like this. At the end of Black Panther, T'Challa proclaims to his sister that she is going to head up the information exchange between nations. We know that Black Panther picks up right after Civil War. Infinity War takes place roughly two years after Civil War. Shuri had just perfected the new nanotech suit for her brother at the beginning of Black Panther. Uh, Tony has just now perfected his nanotech armor at the beginning of Infinity War. Uh, Do we think he based his armor off of information Shuri and Wakanda shared with the rest of the world? Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's a that's a solid solid given. I think it's definitely a solid theory. I don't know if it's a given, but yeah, I think no, it's no, yeah, he's been working directly with her, like they're best friends. <laughs> I I don't think we have any any sort of information that they have met yet. Uh, you we, didn't see the lead in comic? <laughs> oh no, I didn't. Did they meet? No, there's not a lead in comic. Oh okay. I mean, well, there's probably a lead in comic. I just haven't read it. Yeah, I haven't either. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's very Should possible. We do that? It's even possible that he just saw the tech and was like, "Ooh, how can I do that? <laughs> I want to do that. I see what they're doing there. They're using da 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 da, and then just put it together. It's it, there. There are various levels of like maybe there was some sort of a, uh, you know, connect some sort of contact between those two worlds that brought them to, that brought brought him the idea for his nano suit. So that's that's neat. Yep, yep. Um, Shannon Nicole Blank said to us, Hey guys, fair warning, this is going to be a novel. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you for the novel. So, thanks for the heads up, I guess. <laughs> so I just finished all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Big spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it! All caps, four exclamation marks, so you know she's serious. Mm-hmm. She says, let spoiler, me start spoiler. off by saying I have loved this show all the way through. It's one of the best shows I've ever watched, but I definitely have some issues with it, especially lately. Also, I have a couple of points slash theories. This is my timeline and Snapshot theory. I think they didn't do the Snapshot because Infinity War was in theaters for so long after its release, and they didn't want to spoil anything just in case. Therefore, my theory is that they made uh, the time as such. When Kovas informs 
uh, Talbot of the threat of Thanos, that was probably the end credits scene from Ragnarok. When you see the news showing damage, I see that as the fight between Tony, Strange, Squidward, Ebony Maw, and the other guys. I'm thinking they probably dropped May and Coulson off like one or two days before the actual snapture. And this is my biggest current issue. Graviton. Oh, oh, we got a numbered list here. One, Glenn Talbot is not Graviton in the comics. Talbot worked alongside Ross to counteract the Hulk, from what I understand. Franklin Hall was his name. Uh, that is a good point. Franklin Hall, though, is, was... Is part of the conglomeration that is becoming Graviton. Yeah, he was the first one to be absorbed by the Gravitonium. So, so it's possible we'll find out in the end that he's kind of in control of the whole thing. It seems yeah. like he kind of is. He, yeah, he his definitely, consciousness is in there. Yeah, his consciousness is definitely taking part in this whole thing. But yes, I, and, and I hear her saying that's her biggest current issues, but to me, that's not a problem. It's a, first of all, it's a small comic character that, to me, I'd never heard of Graviton until we started talking about him on the show, and and they started talking about him in in that show in, in Shield, and so I just don't care that they made a change. <laughs> like I, like I know comic fans do, and even comics that I like, I don't care about a change unless it's a change that like irreparably ruins the character. There, there are certain changes that certain movies have made that I don't want to get into, but that I'm like, that's not who that character is to me. That character is iconic and they mean this to me. And you have taken that away. Uh, to me, Graviton is not one of those characters. You can do whatever you want with Graviton in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, Coulson was telling someone, I think Hale, that the reason Cap was selected for the serum was because of his heart and moral compass. That's why Coulson didn't like the idea of certain people being infused with Gravitonium. Uh, this is where I see they committed a huge inconsistency with the character. Uh, Talbot was a man of valor, doing nothing short of whatever he thought was best to protect his country. I think with that kind of power, the true Talbot would have worked side-by-side side with S.H.I.E.L.D. to fight whatever threat was coming. Well, see, he wanted to fight side-by-side, side, but his idea of side-by-side side was, you do what I say, because I'm the general and I have the most power. Yeah, there's two things here uh, that I would say in response to that. That, first of all, Talbot, while a good man, uh, he is also a very my way or the highway kind of man. He's always been used to being kind of an authority. And he, and he sort of, the power goes to his head, I think, a little bit. But secondly, he was very broken uh, when, when Graviton took over. And I said two, but thirdly, um, there's the other two person, uh, four, three or four personalities inside him now that are whispering uh, to do other things. So I think that a combination of Hall and oh gosh, can't remember his name, the first season Playboy Quinn. guy Quinn Hall Quinn, that that guy from the council that he absorbed. Um yep. and Creel and Talbot. So this is and we don't know. Graviton may have absorbed others before that. Like we just don't know what what all exists in gra, inside of Gravitonium. That that ball of Gravitonium. Like there's there could have been an there could have been an evil sort of drive in the Gravitonium before it was even ab absorbed. Hall. So I think there's there's just a lot going on there. That's <laughs> not just Talbot. Yep. 
Yep. And, and, mm-hmm. and when Colson was trying to make that decision of who to inject it with and like, or like who should, who should get that or whatever, um, which we, he never really was trying to make that decision. He was just saying that Ruby wasn't good for it. Um, to, to, uh, the, the Hydra people, um, cause she was unstable. Uh, when he was trying to make that decision, he didn't know that inside the gravitonium was other personalities. Like he didn't know it was going to affect the personality that way. Yeah. So, yeah. And like he I said, he didn't know that he'd have to be fighting the consciousness of everyone else that he's absorbed. Maybe Glenn Talbot at his full s- mental strength, they would have chosen Glenn Talbot, but Glenn Talbot was real broken when, when, when he absorbed the gravitonium. It seemed to have almost fixed him, but it just, I think it's just other personalities overdriving his own is what's going on. Yeah. It's, I think it's mostly just clarity, clarity through power, clarity of power. He's just like, yep, I'm super powerful. I just can do anything I want now. So that's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. And he did still have those moments of breakdown, like when he was talking to his son. And his son was scared of him. He didn't know what to do about that. He didn't know how to fix that. Yeah. Because you can't just graviton that way. Like, you can't just graviton anybody into feeling a certain way about you, you know? Yeah. Agreed. You can't hold a relationship together with gravity. <sighs> That's a bad joke. Yeah, uh, number three, <laughs> I think it would have been better had Talbot used the gravitonium to become more of an actual hero and then somehow showed up in the second part of Infinity War. I mean, yeah, anybody could say what would have been better. You it would have been you will not, better for him. You will not get an argument from me that it would be nice if they had some crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the major thing that we complain about. Yeah, for sure. And number four, I hate that they killed him off. I know he went bonkers, but I really, really grew attached to Talbot. He definitely had some super hilarious lines, my favorite being him picking up the Captain Crunch box and saying, <laughs> I still outrank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a great line. <laughs> yep. Adrian Pazdar is a great actor, and I think they could have gone a long way with that character. If you guys get the chance to read this book I wrote you, I want to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, Thank Shannon. Thank you very much for writing us a book. Uh, it really was. It, we get some real long ones around here, and we really don't, we don't we don't ever mind. Uh, but yeah, uh, that wasn't even our longest by by a couple pages probably. Uh, <laughs> so thank you, Shannon, for that. Um, we love you too, Shannon. We love you very much. Uh, so I think we got one more feedback, and it, it is an Ant Man and the Wasp piece of feedback. So just a spoiler alert, since we've already done that Ant-Man and the Wasp feedback episode, we only have one more extra here. I didn't want to do a whole episode about it, but I figured we'd tack it here on the end with a spoiler alert. So spoiler alert for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, what we got? What does Sherman Smith have to say? Sherman Smith said on Facebook, loved Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> It'd be really funny if he just stopped there. We're like, yep, all that build up for nothing. Anyway, he <laughs> says, I really liked the first one and thought this one was even better. It could have been random why Scott didn't disappear at the snapshot, but my theory is that he didn't dissolve because he wasn't in the universe at the time. And how mm. cold would it have been if only Janet had disappeared? I would have been very cold. <laughs> yeah. Very, very cold. Like, damn it, I just got her back. <laughs> and then, and then just like heavy weeping from Michael Douglas and, and from Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, that would have been rough. Sherman Smith, you're a sick bastard. 
Um, <laughs> sorry, but sorry, sorry. we love you. <laughs> yes, we love you. We love you, you sick bastard. <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you sick son of a bitch. I love you. Uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> God, you sound like May. Ah, uh, uh, different May. Not the May from our universe. Oh, May from Overwatch. Oh, gotcha. I've never played it. I hear Overwatch That's is good, okay. and I hear Fortnite is good, and both of them are like competitive shooty games, right? Yeah, I'm just not into competitive shooty games. I know. I'm sure they're great. I, I just can't get into them. I, Destiny sounds sort of the same way. I was like, "Ooh, Destiny seems mm. fun." It's so competitive yeah. and shooty, though. Mm, it's not great. Uh, there are a lot of people that love Destiny. I just, I felt disappointed by it. Yeah, well, um, not you had the same way that I felt disappointed by No Man's Sky. You were my closest friends who was getting it, and you were super excited about it. So I'm not too surprised that you're, uh, you were let down because you were just on cloud nine about it before it came out. Yep. Um, yep. I've really been wanting to play a video game. I, I had a, I had a really busy few weeks, a lot of travel, and and I just found myself just wanting to like veg out and play a video game for a few days, and I just don't have any that I want to play. Um, my the Witcher Three. Really? Yeah, dude, that one will suck you straight the hell in. Like, do I need any of the other Witchers to get into it? No, not really. Um, okay, that that's a possibility. Um, before we go on talking about video games too long, uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna bring you a Cloak and Dagger season recap. Um, I want to go ahead and just say about Cloak and Dagger, I think Cloak and Dagger might be one of the best shows Marvel's done. Yes, yes, and, and the show I, is so I'm freaking really good. Upset that right here in the middle of the season, we just had like a bunch of weeks where we couldn't get to a Cloak and Dagger episode. Um, but we've been doing other things and other episodes and Luke Cage's and all this stuff. Life. And life, uh, but man, is Cloak and Dagger great. It really, really um, is. Like, other than the shaky cam that we had an issue with that it continues to be a problem. Yeah, they have done that a few more times, and I'm like, what are you trying to tell us here? It, don't f- it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Stop doing it. It's, you're just saying no with the camera over and over again. Stop it. Yeah, that, that, that's been really not cool. Um, but the, I, I haven't noticed it as bad since the like, second episode or whatever. The second episode was really bad, and then after that, it's been... I've noticed it here and there, but not for an extended period of time and not so bad that it bothered me that much. The first time I thought I was sick, I was like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> um, am I sick right now? Am um, I dying? <laughs> Do um, I have a tumor? I think Cloak and Dagger has been some of the best social commentary uh, of any Marvel show. Oh, um, absolutely. And it's some of the best, like, psycholo- psychologically interesting stuff. Um, some of the most some of the deepest characters because you've got two characters it's kind of allowed them to at different times push the edges of what a hero is and like they're not heroes yet we've talked about this with the, a lot of our a lot of our heroes on TV on the TV side um that they're not heroes yet they're they're not and these guys are definitely not heroes yet they don't even know how to use their yeah. powers they're also taking really taking it very slowly learning their powers and i love that i love a good like um I love a good slow reveal of how the powers work. And um, I also think they're very interesting how they have two powers. They have the uh, physical power. They both have a physical power and a mental power. And I just think that's super cool. Um, so, and, and one of the best things about the show is that it has a great overarching story that, that I'm interested in. And I really want to see how it wraps up. And I really want to see them grow. But it also 
every episode has felt like a self-contained story. Um, yeah. To the point that every episode has an arc. Every episode has like a good ending. Every episode has a strong beginning, a strong ending, and a strong middle. And it's just been... It's just been really great writing. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think that... Uh, I don't know who's writing Cloak and Dagger, but whoever it is, I should probably just look it up because we're on a show <laughs> where we talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. I, th- I, I we really have the internet think at that, our fingertips. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling that up. But I think that uh, it is it is one of the best shows that Marvel has done, and and that that is even including all the really amazing uh, uh, Netflix stuff. Like it's it's up there with all that amazing Netflix stuff. Yep. Yep, and yep. I heard so they're replaying this week on when I was watching it. They kept talking about replaying Runaways, um, the Runaways premiere. They're gonna replay the Runaways premiere after Cloak and Dagger's finale. That is tonight, apparently. So huh. they're, they're trying to like. I guess I guess Cloak and Dagger did well enough that they're like, if you liked this, <laughs> go back and watch the other show that not that many people watched. Um, I think enough people watched it. it yeah, it's they? already filming for season two. Oh, I mean, I think that, I think it's sticking around. I just think they're like, I think this show is successful enough that they are. Um, if you like kids superheroes, go watch this one. Oh well, there you go. I, look, I just looked up what else this guy, the guy who wrote most of these episodes. I guess he's the showrunner, Joe pa- Joe Joe Pekoski. Yeah, Joe Pekoski. Uh, he did Heroes, which you know, huh. I liked Heroes, but it. I liked Heroes a lot, and it had a lot of the same sort of thing, but they, I think he learned from some of his mistakes, and that's pretty cool. And it looks like he also – oh, he was a producer on Heroes. He was also a producer on Daredevil. Yeah, well, he was a writer on Heroes as well. Okay, I'm just looking at the t- – oh, here, I can click on writer. There we go. Uh, yeah, it looks like he wrote two Daredevil episodes. He wrote a bunch of Heroes episodes, like it's like eight, like 18 or so. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's been a writer on a lot of things, which is really cool. Um, uh, and some good things. Yep. Yep. So some really, really solid stuff that he's made there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So yeah, if you guys, basically my point is if you guys have not checked it out, check it out. I wanted to talk about it a little bit unspoilery because, um, everyone should be watching it. And if you're not, uh, you should, we're probably the, this, this coming week, we're gonna do a, a season wrap up and talk about all your feedback and stuff. Um, so watch, and we're really sorry that we haven't gotten around to what like doing the actual individual episode. I know cast. It, it really would have been one of the best uh, things to talk about episode by episode because each episode has been so strong, um, right? Uh, <laughs> Damn it! So we we, we, we but you know, it just happened to fall. We did the first four episodes, and then the next like four, we just happened to fall on weeks. We just couldn't get it done. So yeah. I mean, um, you went to Alaska. My company started adopting Azure, so I've been working like twelve-hour days. Ooh, and, and, and Alaska. Then we had Ant Man and the Wasp, and the, it's just it's been a been a busy few weeks for us on this end. And uh, yeah. but I'm glad we could do it tonight, and we'll be back really, really soon. Um, you guys should uh, all go watch Cloak and Dagger. We'll be back with a full season one recap. Um, after tonight, we we talked about maybe talking about those first nine episodes tonight, but we decided it wasn't really worth it because by the time we talked about it, it would have been old news because the new episode's on literally right now. <laughs> While we're recording this, the new episode is on. So by the time we posted it, everyone would have already seen the final episode and it didn't really make sense. So 
Um, yeah. We'll be back sometime this week with a full season one wrap up of Cloak and Dagger. If you haven't seen it, uh, go get Hulu. It's uh, it's worth it. There's a lot of good stuff on Hulu. Nathan, yeah, you can borrow mine. Nathan for you has a new season. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen? And you Nathan? can watch all of Buffy on it. Oh, nice. I haven't, I haven't seen Buffy lately. Um, have you seen Nathan for you? I have not. Oh man, it's maybe the funniest show on television. It's really funny. It is okay. It is a show. Nathan Fielder is the guy's name, and I don't. I think he's just a actor slash comedian or whatever. But he he has he comes on the show and says that he has a marketing degree, and that he is he's an expert at marketing, and that he's going to go and help all these different businesses come up with unique and interesting ideas to help their business. You know, like. Have you seen The Prophet? No. Okay. Or I guess like Shark Tank is a version of this too. They have a business come in and then they bid on it and they help the business make money or whatever. Anyway, there, yeah. there's a lot of these kinds of shows now. The Prophet being the one that this is most like. The Prophet is a show where uh, it's called The Prophet, which sounds like he's a prophet, but it's The Prophet, like IT. Um, <laughs> so he's trying to make profit. Anyway. I uh, work in IT. He, he goes... <laughs> He goes Sorry. in and he invests in a business and then he re- revolutionizes the business. Uh, Nathan does the same thing, but he does it for marketing. Uh, but there, it's always like a really dumb idea. And like it's just a comedy show, but he apparently really does these things. Um, okay. It is. All right. Like one of the first episodes, I'm trying to think of good ones because I've seen three seasons and it's so funny. Uh, one of the be- one of the funny fun- one of the first ones, I won't say one of the funniest, was he um, had a guy. This ice cream shop was trying to get more business, and so he was trying to like he's like, I know what you got to do is get in the news. So he wanted to do an interesting flavor of ice cream. Yeah. Um, and he ended up doing a poop flavored ice cream. Oh god. Which is obviously dumb and like you, why would you do that? But like he just he gets these people to agree to like do his marketing schemes and then he does like some really crazy or really stupid marketing scheme um and it is just hilarious. Uh it's it and he just has this deadpan delivery that cracks me up every time. So if if you after you watch Cloak and Dagger, watch Nathan for you <laughs> on Hulu now. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I just I, I might have to fit that into my uh, uh, my after glow. Oh yeah, you watching glow right now? Oh yeah, I am it's so good. Halfway through season two, I think. Same. We're yeah, the wife and I are five episodes through season two. Oh, we're probably like right in around the same area. I think that's cool. I will. We'll have to talk about it. We're. Uh, I've kind of fell fallen off of that one for the second time. And I don't know why I like the show so much, but I keep falling off of it. And that's kind of a bad sign, I guess. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I keep falling out of it. I watched like the first couple episodes and I fell off. And then I watched the rest of season one. Then I fell off. And then I watched the half season two. Then I fell off. (laughs) It's like, keep not watching it. Um, but yeah, it's a good show. Really good show. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's about it. Anything else from you? Um, Jeffrey? Uh do we want to talk about the uh, the comment waiting approval? Like the best feedback that we've ever gotten? Oh, sure. Go for it. Do we want to talk about my hate mail? Uh, Jeff got some good hate mail. And I think, it's, oh, I think it just balances things out. You know, like a couple weeks ago, we got a piece of mail that said we need more episodes with only Jeff on them. 
Uh, yeah. And so, so it's kind of nice that uh, someone said, took you down a peg after taking me yeah, down a peg yeah. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's other ones like in our Luke Cage feedback. There's like Matt's a hater, Jeff's an actual fan. Hashtag be more like Jeff. <laughs> you know, things Man, like that. You had that right on the tip of your brain. You really, uh, <laughs> really hold you really held on to that one, Jeff. Uh, yeah. If you want to read your hate mail, you can. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm all about it, man. This is great. All right. Uh, so they they comment on our blog. First off, the the episode that they commented on was from November 2015. Yeah. So let's let's just start with that. <laughs> it's a really long time ago. Uh, it says I've just started listening to all these. I've been a huge fan of the MCU, but just found this podcast and I love it. Dot 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 dot. <laughs> all caps. Except Jeff. He is almost painful to listen to. He thinks he's such an expert on everything, but just looks up uh, looks up on Wikipedia, whatever they're talking about, but constantly tells us how much he knows. He makes the worst jokes and most times repeats them, like saying it twice makes it funnier, and then gives Matt shit when he actually, or when he makes actual jokes. Uh, this would be the best podcast ever dot 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 if jeff was not involved in any way <laughs> i seriously might have to stop listening to the ones he's on because he's absolutely the most cringeworthy steampunk douche in the entire world <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad i'm glad you have such good uh, good uh, humor about that and, and you know it, it's funny like uh, i actually think uh, when we were first starting out, that is 2015, and when we were first starting out on the show, we both had things that we were working on to do better with our patter. And one thing you used to do a lot, and I think you've gotten way better, we actually talked about it, and you kind of stopped doing it, uh, was you used to, and it's not that you didn't know the thing, when, it, when, it, when someone writes in something, sometimes you just need to give them the point, like, they made yeah. a good point. Yeah. And what we used to do, we both used to do it, uh, some and maybe you a little more than me, but we used to go. Oh no, I definitely did not climb. <laughs> I wasn't going to try to throw you under the bus. Uh, okay, Jeff used to just kind of be like, "That's a good point. I thought of that too," and that was just something that Jeff would. It, it was true. Jeff had thought of it, but sometimes when you're a host, you just kind of need to give the point to the audience, <laughs> like let them have their point. And I'm not sure that I ever said I thought about that too. It was it was mostly like, oh no, yeah, I thought about that earlier this week. I just haven't said anything about right, it. Right, exactly. You did that a lot. <laughs> and so it's funny. Uh, we so we, about maybe a year into the show, I was like, you know, I've noticed this thing you do, uh, <laughs> and it's not that it's wrong. It's just that let the, it's really let fucking the, annoying. Let the guy who said the thing have the thing. You know, like it sounds a little like you're trying to glom onto credit for it. Eh? And you were like. Yeah, I see that. And then you stop doing it. <laughs> so I think like that's part. A lot of what they say, I think, was that exact thing. And I, and I, I think you've grown. You've grown is all I'm saying. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning of this cast, people grow. People grow. People change. Forgive Jeff, a uh, random commenter from our website. Um, <laughs> forgive him. Like we should all forgive James Gunn. I once had an ex-girlfriend write a review of my band. I don't even remember how she wrote a review of my band. Somewhere she, re- I knew it was her because it like ta- it, she like tagged her name and she said something like a local band posing as an indie band because they lack the musical ability to pass as anything else. Damn. <laughs> and we put it on our website. Yeah, at the, at the header of our website, that quote, and then just an ex girlfriend. 
<laughs> so that's fun. Well, see, I think of it like this: like we're we've gotten to the point to where I'm like we're getting hate mail. Like this is good. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we've finally reached hate mail status, uh, right? Yeah, for sure. Now, nah, and by the way, uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we we are we're working hard to try to keep the show going and try to keep it rolling. It's it's very much like it sucks that it has to be this way, but it's very much kind of the last. It has to be one of the last priorities because of basically family and our other like jobs. <laughs> like I'm a full time musician and it takes a lot of my time. And he's you work IT full time and you kind of sometimes more than full time and you got a family and it's just like by the time we get to the end of the week, it's like if we can squeak out a few hours to make the show happen, uh, it's sometimes a labor. Uh, and, but it's a labor of love and we love doing it. And we it's just we've gotten a lot of uh, on top of that hate mail, we got a lot of love mail. Uh, of people just saying how much they like the show and uh, how much they enjoy what we do. And it really means a lot. So, um, yeah. And some of the people who support us over on Patreon uh, wrote us and, and, and just saying how much they appreciate the show. And, and that's been great. Uh, just appreciate all of you guys who listen and support the show. Um, and with all that said, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us and leave a voicemail at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, if you want to uh, support the show, go to patreon.com slash mcucast. And that's about it for us tonight. You guys have a good one. Until next time, true believers. <laughs> <laughs>